The following podcast is completely fictional. All of the characters, even those based on real people, are fictional. They are just impressions by a weird dude talking to himself for your enjoyment. Hola, Bramigos. It is your boy, ATD. What is your favorite song with the word bra in it? For me, it's the Beatles. Obla di, obla da. What do you think? Hit me up. Tell me what your favorite song is with the word bra in it. This week, we're going to be talking about the present day and how I think it is the golden age of jam band fandom and why. Also, we're going to have the master of the lights. Mr. Chris Kuroda, CK5, is popping into the studio to talk with us. We're going to get a one-word review by comedian Adam Sandler. And we are going to have an exclusive interview with up-and-coming, rising, bluegrass sensation, Billy Strings. So dip your finger in the bag and boof it in your butt. It's another episode of The Lotsy. You know, a lot of people are going to talk about different periods of time when it came to rock music, jam music, as being the peak. And there's a lot of arguments to say, you know, late 60s. There's arguments to say it was in the 70s, you know, with Floyd. You could say it's in the 80s with the beginning of Fish and the dead kicking ass. You could definitely say it's in the 90s with the explosion of so many jam bands and jam scenes following Jerry's passing. And you can say what I think, which is, it's right now. That's right. I say it's right now. And I'll tell you why, but I don't really need to tell you why, because if you are a fan of this music, then you kind of know that in no time up until now have we been able to be so consumed by this scene by this community in my opinion this is the peak right now 2022 i mean it's hard to say obviously right right now but kind of yes even with covid19 in the last few years it's still kind of peak maybe 2019 we'll just i'll just slide it right before covid but We're basically there still right now. We're about to keep up that same energy going into 2022. And here's why. All of the bands that are in this scene have their own followings, just like any band ever has had followings. But now you can really really immerse yourself into your band. You could be part of forums on message boards and discords and slacks 
and YouTube groups and Instagram memes and everybody's in the chat couch touring from home. I mean, you don't even have to leave your house and you can be just a fan watching all the shows. You can watch every show from Fish and Biscuits and Goose and everybody live streaming a large portion of their shows and you can watch it from home. You can stay up on all the things your band is doing. You can chat and meet people from all over the world while doing that. You can have entire relationships and communities with people online through Instagram accounts and yeah, Discord groups. And it's like it's like a whole other level at this point. I mean, the amount of communication we're doing with one another uh, is so much different. And then it's like not only that, but then it's like, what if you missed the show? What if you didn't get the stream? Well, then you maybe pay for an app for one or multiple bands to get the music the next day. So you miss the show. You know what that meant? If you were a fan in the 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s, or 2000s, it meant that you missed the show. And that at some point, you're going to get a chance to get it on tape or CD, maybe, or hear a bad audience quality stream, maybe, at some point in the late 2000s, but maybe. And, and now we exist in a time where we can see this show live from our home as it's happening and if we miss that then we'll just listen to it on the car ride to work the next day and get all caught up on all the exciting things our band was doing what like have you thought have you like stopped and really thought how fucking glorious it is right now to be a jam band fan like i don't know a lot of other genres that are like taking full advantage of the vast amount of ways that you can reach an audience but this scene already has the best live rock shows that you can get and now you can get it anytime you want and you can get it at home. I used to like be in college and, and have to constantly refresh my screen to, to hopefully see if, what that fish played that night. I was just constantly refreshing Andy Gadeel's webpage in college. Like every night we'd come home from partying and we would just refresh and hope that someone got the update to the website so we could see just in print what fish played. We couldn't hear any of it. We may not hear it for a long time, maybe not ever, most likely, but just to look at the the words on the screen on the computer and be like, oh, they played Karini, cool. That's and we were that was that was great that we could get those real time updates. That was like exciting back then. And now you get the real time updates all over the place. You can get them on Twitter, you can get them on Instagram, or you want to watch it, just just watch it. You want to listen to it? It's gonna be there soon and then i just like that the the social media world in general has gotten just so crazy too in the last few years all of the meme pages are are cracking me up and i like that the sense of humor that goes on in the community and uh so yeah now every day you get to laugh at all of this and you know listen to as much as you want you want to check out new bands it's all there on these different apps you know now we have people just all over the place who have Etsy stores and merch sites, and you can support all these different people just, you know, just online. Uh, and, and you get all this really cool original art that's that's being reached to so many more people now. It's all connected, and it's, and it's, it's just, you know, the Internet. The Internet has fully taken over the scene, and that is why I think we are in the golden age. Musically, yeah, I, I, I'd back that up too. I would say if you are a fan right now, of this music than you are in the golden age of fandom. Uh, in the golden age of music, of course, that could be disputed 
over and over. Is this? I mean, I do think Fish is peaking right now, and I think Biscuits are peaking right now. And but there's plenty other bands that uh, are not around that were around that uh, you could argue, you know, contribute to the overall what would be the peak. I don't know when the peak of music of this scene was, that, but I, I don't think you can argue that there's a better time to be a fan. Like, how much better can it get? How much better do you need it? Oh, you you don't want to pay for the stream? Oh, cool. Well, a lot of these bands, they'll post videos on Twitch or YouTube. Or, oh, even Fish will give you the first song or so of every set on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, the Biscuits give you the first 30 minutes of the show on Facebook and and all that. So you're getting music just thrown at you all the time. And you just get to see it in the moment as it's happening. And you get to just consume all this music in all these new ways and honestly and beyond the internet like yes that's just just that's just the internet that's just the apps and twitch and and social media and and but then there's oh do you want to see your favorite band in a mexican resort vacation we got that every year you can go see your favorite band play in mexico do you want to see your band on a cruise you can that's that's probably going to happen and i do think we're kind of living in a, in a cool era of music right now for the jam scene because you have, like, we have the Grateful Dead, right? The Grateful Dead are like our grandpas, right? They're like, our grandpas are out and they're still making music and you're just so thankful that grandpa is still with us and he's, and he's still rocking with his buddies and so you go and you support grandpa and his band and he's playing with the younger guys and, and he's trying to keep up and you're just like holy shit grandpa's a fucking living legend and i'm gonna and he started this whole shit so let's let's go give it up for grandpa because he's the og and then fish are our dads and they're just kicking ass our, our dads are fucking rocking hard with that adult contemporary rock that no but like they're doing just incredible things dad right now making us so proud our dads are up there and they're fucking crushing it and the disco biscuits are like our cool slightly older cousins who are super weird and they're just incredible and that's that's where i'm at like i'm i get to see these different idols of different ages and periods coming out of the late 60s 70s and then another from the 80s and then another from the 90s and and now they're all just doing their thing at the same time and I, and it's kind of crazy that we get all of it happening at the same time i know it's a lot for some people i mean a lot of people are doing the fish shows followed by biscuit shows in vegas and new york and stuff and it, that's a lot it's exhausting I've, I've done it and kudos to you if you pull that off by the way that's always impressive to me uh if you can do it and if you can do the entire fish biscuits vegas and i'm talking to some of my friends occasionally and andrea who I saw do it, and they did it well. If you could do all four of those nights, fish, biscuits, fish, biscuits, fish, biscuits, and then fish three sets Halloween, that's, you know, you should get a crown. Yeah, I just, I think what a great time to be a fan, to consume all this music and have all these incredible new ways to do so. Shit used to be hard. I don't, not to sound like an old dude, but like we're all, we're all older. Like, <laughs> no, we're not older, but like, you know, the fucking shit was way harder. It was hard to get a ticket. It was hard to get shows, you know, and now everything is so available and we can all form more opinions and stay up on what's happening with our bands and our music. And yeah, I'm, I get um, saying this as I record a podcast about jam bands. So, hey, just had to, it just had to be said. I'm that's what I'm pitching for. 
I am saying this is the best time to be a fan of this music, and I am sticking to that. Anyway, enough of me. I got someone wonderful I want to bring on to this podcast, someone that has changed my life, has given me a totally new perspective and expectation, really, when it comes to live rock performance. And that is in the incredible lighting of this next guest. Uh, No one does it better than him. When you bring your friend to a fish show, you can say with all the confidence, hey, even if you hate this music, you're going to love this guy's lights that he does, and you're going to walk away being like, not really for me, but that was a fucking hell of a show. And we all maybe have said that at one point or another to an ex-girlfriend. So here we have with us today, very excited, everybody give it up for Chris Kuroda. Chris Kuroda. Good to have you. Yeah. Yes, I know. So, Chris, a lot of people call you CK5 because they say that you are the fifth member, member of, the of the band. Yes. I am aware. Yeah, well, it, you know, it. I've been to a lot of fish shows, and I can say that it's, it is always incredible to watch this band and make these shifts and changes in the fact that you're so locked in that you shift with them. You know, you've been told this a million times, but... It feels like you're controlling Controlling the band. band. I guess you knew I was going to say that. that. I did. I know everything that's going to happen. And I know everything that you are going to say. Because I am indeed psychic. Holy shit, it's true. It is. So you know if something is going to happen before it does. All right, well, I'm going to think of something, okay? And then you're going to tell me... What What I'm I'm thinking thinking of. Yes, what I'm thinking of. All right. All right, got it. Vagina. Well, uh, no, it was um, was actually a rose. But I could see how maybe that kind of, that, you know, the rose petal, maybe when you you saw it, it looked more like a... Vagina. Yes. Uh, Okay, let me do one more. Um... Okay, what am I thinking of right now? A penis. No, it was a kielbasa. Kielbasa. I was thinking of like a sausage. I was close. Well, anyway, um, so, (laughs) dude, so they call you CK5, fifth member of the band. I mean, dude, and, and you are literally, like, you are the GOAT. Like, there is no one better at lighting. No one's ever been as good as, as you. I don't know if anyone ever will. I don't know if any person and a band will have the relationship that you guys have to even come close to the resume that you have with Fish. It's just great that, you know, you take something that is already crazy awesome and then you make it into the greatest show Show on Earth. Earth. Oh, you really do know what I'm going to say. Wait, so is this how you do the lights for fish so well you actually do know what they're going to do before they're going to do it wait are you uh, are you controlling me uh, hey man hey come on that's not cool this is my interview uh, I'm frozen now above the Dave I have total control over your actions oh my god the rumors are true uh, you are controlling fish every concert, making them play to your incredible likes. Uh, We knew it was too good to be true. Wait, 
Why are you waving that large stick of meat at me? Ah, what? Now I'm frozen. Ah! That's right. No one can light that well above the Dave. I mean, come on. But I worked too hard in my lights to have that band ruin it with their sloppy playing. Too risky. So I had to make sure that every jam and every note went perfectly to my lights. And there was only one choice I had. I needed to control the band every single night. Every action from every member. To make sure that it was the most epic rock show, night after night. Okay, alright, man, I get it. You know, I won't say anything. Just, can you just, can you just unfreeze my body, dude? Ah. I don't believe I can do that. See what you're looking at right now above the Dave? This right here that I'm carrying in my hand? Yeah, what is that? This is the meat stick. The meat stick? Wait, that's like a real thing? It is. The meat stick is the wand I use to control fish. And when I hit you with the meat stick, I shock your brain and make you do whatever I need you to to go with my lighting rig. Oh my god, meat stick is about you controlling the band? Every time they play it, they have to do that little dance. (laughs) Oh, it's cute. A little pathetic, but... That's right. Every time I wave that meat stick, you have to do what I want. I don't, I don't know. This is kind of getting weird. Hopefully you don't want anything sexual. What? No, no, no. It's not, it's not like that at all. I mean, it could be, though. I mean, you, you can make me do whatever you want. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not like a perv about it. or, Dude, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm all about consent. Are you, though? Are you? Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to this stuff, I mean, you know, that's really important to me. <laughs> this is my livelihood. But, you know, normally, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't take advantage. Really? You don't take advantage of controlling people? No, I'm telling you, when it, when it comes to my dating life, I don't, I don't, I don't use the beat stick. Really? That's shocking. You know what is shocking? <sighs> Shocked your brain. <laughs> I am the architect. I am the supreme controller. I am. The puppet master. All right, all right, I get it, man. I get it. Just, you don't freeze me, dude. We'll just, you know, pretend we forget about this or whatever. Oh, no. I can make sure you forget about it. Chris Kuroda? Hello. What were we talking about? Uh, I think we were talking about the band Fish. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. You're like the greatest lighting guy ever. ever. Yeah, did you know? How did you? How did you know I was gonna say that? <laughs> I know everything you're gonna say. Really, everything I'm gonna say? That's right. And I know everything you're going to do. So you know what's gonna happen before something happens? That's right. Okay. Well, tell me what's gonna happen next. Mike Gordon is gonna walk through that door and say hello. Yeah, I highly doubt that, Chris. Knock your brain! What's up above the Dave? Chris, what's going on? Hello, Michael. Whoa, what's up, Mike? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm going to go buy some scarves. Catch you guys later. You see that, Dave? Man, you really do know what's going to happen. That's right. What was that thing you said about shock- shocking your brain? Whoa. CK5, what are you doing here? We're doing an interview right now. Ah, oh, that's right. That's right. 
I was going to talk with you about the, the bad fish. Yeah. Man, I kind of forget what I was going to talk with you about, though. Huh. Can we reschedule? Maybe? I totally, I don't even know. My brain's all out of sorts. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I know. Oh, man. Chris, I'm sorry. You know, we should reschedule this when I maybe get some more notes together about what to talk about. I, for some reason, I'm drawing a blank. blank. Yeah. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. That is totally understandable above the Dave. I know it's probably been a long day for you. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, well, I guess I'll see you soon then, above the Dave. Hey, man, yeah. And thanks for being so, so cool, cool about the this. So cool the best is. Catch you See ya, man. Chris Crota, everybody. Yeah, that's my bad. I should have I should have prepared more for that. I didn't actually... Dude, I just like, totally forgot what I was going to talk about with him. That's weird. Okay. Well, we'll keep the show moving. This next segment is when we have a famous celebrity come by the studio to give us a review of a recent show. And we are very excited because today dropping into the studio is one of the funniest dudes ever, Adam Sandler. And he is going to be giving us a review of a recent Sound Tribe Sector 9 show that went down at Red Rocks. So everybody, please welcome... Mr. Adam Sandler giving his one word review. No! All right. Thank you, Adam Sandler, for that one word review of the recent Soundtrack Sector 9 show at Bed Rocks. Thank you very much. Okay, we're going to keep this show moving. Our final guest today is someone I'm really excited to have come to the studio because I don't know much about him. I just became aware of him in the last year or so. I've heard his name for a while. I've seen some stuff he did, I did Billy and the Kids, and uh, I've seen some clips of his. And, you know, I, I've never seen, I haven't seen a show, and I'm really excited to to see a show. Everyone that's seen him has told me that this guy's the future. And uh, and that's what everybody, everybody's saying that. He's like, you know, just a future star in this scene. So very excited to have this guy come in and just tell me all about his life. And that's what we're going to get into. We're going to talk all about his life and where he's at with music. And, and what I'm hoping to have with him is a real in-depth conversation. So ladies and gentlemen, give it up for this rising star in the jam scene, Billy Strings, everybody. Billy Strings, thank you so much for coming into the studio today. Oh, my pleasure. Good to be here. I know you're a young guy, and you've been playing music for a long time, and everybody's super impressed by what you're doing. To be honest, I'm not the biggest bluegrass guy. Like, I don't know a lot about bluegrass music, you know, so I don't know a lot about the history of bluegrass. And Well, let's start with you, man. Where were you born? Well, I was born in Walmart. You were born in Walmart? Like the, like the superstore? No, no, no. I was born in Walmart, Michigan. It's a small town in Michigan. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Is that where Walmarts are from? Nah, I don't, I don't think so. There's a Walmart inside Walmart, Michigan though, right? Yeah. The whole town is actually inside of a Walmart. I was born in aisle 42. Oh, 42. Sick. How so? Yeah. Oh, sorry. It's a biscuit thing. So Billy, kind of take me through your adolescence, okay? When did you start playing guitar? Like, how did that happen? Well, when I was growing up, my father also was in a band. Oh, he was. My father, his name was Marnie, and his brother Cletus, and uh, his other friend Charlton and Don, uh, the four of them, they used to play all the time over in Clifton. And uh, they had a little bluegrass band. And, uh, you know, so I got to 
to kind of watch them growing up. I mean, they were just playing bar shows, you know, over in Carson uh, and, and Clifton and, uh, you know, a little bit over in Houston and Cleveland. And so, you know, they were playing kind of just those small little clubs. You know, a lot of them I wasn't even allowed to go to. But, you know, um, you know, I befriended, you know, some of the people that would work there. I mean, I'd befriend the bouncer, this guy, uh, Lum, and then there was another guy, Lonnie. And some of them would let me in and say, you know, if I sit in the back, you know, I can watch my father play. Oh, wow. So music's been in your blood, really. That Yeah, that that's right, sir. So when did you start playing guitar? Well, I started playing guitar. I, I'm actually one of my, one of, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So my father actually, he couldn't get me a guitar. But then eventually uh, his friend Coy, he got a new guitar and he gave me his old guitar. And I played it every single day. And, uh, and very soon after learning some basic chords, I started playing you know, with some, some of the local school boys. And, uh, you know, there's one boy, Luke, and another boy, Donnie, and another boy, Buck. And the, and the, and the four of us, we'd get together, and, and we would be playing some music. But uh, we weren't playing the bluegrass back then. We were just playing some simple rock and roll. Oh, okay. So, so who were your early influences? Are you familiar with uh, Billy Bob Floyd? Uh, no. Again, I'm not the biggest country bluegrass guy, so forgive me. I, I, he's probably one of the greats. Oh, he is, yeah. Hey, are you familiar with uh, Otis Jim Bob? Uh, no. Silas Barney? Mm, I'm not. Well, I was a big Tommy Ike fan. Um, I was a big, uh, Gomer Buckley fan. Uh, Elmer Scooter fan. Uh, Cletus Cleon fan. And other, and some of the other greats. And so I would, I'd, I would get the records at a store in Jefferson. And so we would go to the store and I would play a couple of songs that I learned on guitar. And the man there, his name is Trigger. Uh, Trigger would, would uh, hear me play a couple songs and he'd say, boy, you really know how to play that guitar. And, and then he would go and he would give me a few vinyls and I'd go home and I'd listen to all the different classics, you know, from, from Garth Quentin uh, to Daryl Zeke uh, to, you know, Junior Bob Cletus. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really studied up on all the greats. Oh, man. Yeah. All the all the greats for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so now you're studying up, you're learning this bluegrass music your father's playing in a band yes and then my father unfortunately uh you know he left the family so he wasn't around in the picture and uh and so now i, I had to help support the family and how old are you at this point uh i am uh, now 11 years old okay so so what did you do well then i started i started touring uh with my band oh the guys from school but now at this point i had a new band uh this band uh was my friend cyrus uh gomer uh ricky and uh, my buddy Arlo. Now we used to play in Winchester, and, and we'd also play in Charlton a little bit, and uh, and we would get some money. But we weren't again. We were not playing the bluegrass music just yet. And I wasn't even playing uh, like I do now. I play the lead guitar back then. I was just a rhythm guy. Okay. Oh, really? You're just just rhythm, huh? Just rhythm. I didn't. I mean, my whole childhood, I was just playing rhythm guitar, just learning from the masters. That is interesting because now you're kind of like a whiz with that thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, that many years of playing, you know, we played, like I said, in Charlton. We played uh, in Winchester. That's right. We played in Lynn. Mm-hmm. We played in Cooter. Cooter, that's a that's a city. Well, yeah, that, that is a city. We played in Woody. Woody and, and Cooter. That's right. And, you know, but I had different guys coming in and out of the band, you know, because I, I was playing with children. You know, we were just all kids and, you know, sometimes their parents move away or something. And, you know, so, you know, I had different people, you know, I, pay, I, I at first I had Lester, then I replaced him with Lanny. And then, you know, Enos came in, but eventually we had Casey kind of come in on drums. Um, but it, it was my relationship with Jerry Lee. He was really a, a great, great bass player. And the, and the two of us really connected. And that's when I started my first band. 
Oh, nice. The Billy Strings. Well, no, we weren't called Billy Strings. No, no. Back then we were called the Jimmy Don Band. Oh, the, the Jimmy Don Band. That's right. We were called the Jimmy Don Band. And, you know, we play everywhere, you know, uh, anywhere we can get some money. And I was actually keeping the family afloat, not with much money, but with a little bit from my mom and my sister, my younger sister. Oh, and what's her name? Well, her name is Audrey Ann. Audrey Ann. Oh, that's that's a pretty name. And your and, and your mama name? That's Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I also have a, a few cousins, you know, uh, that would come in and out of the house as a kid. You know, they had nowhere else to go. So Merle would come by and Lee and Jed and, you know, they sleep on the couch and, and sometimes in the, they'd maybe throw a couple bucks if they could. But most of them were, were dirt poor. So we didn't, you know, they would just kind of come in from time to time. But, uh, you know, I mostly I was the man of the house back then. So what was like a big moment for you? I mean, you're I mean, you're playing these gigs around town, and is there like a big break for you when you're in high school? Or, well, yeah, of course. I mean, I met the great uh, Dale Blue Cletus. Oh, Dale Blue Cletus. You're not familiar with Dale Blue Cletus? No, I'm like, a, sorry, man. I'm so bad at this. Oh, that's okay. He's just uh, one of the most prolific. Uh, southern guitar players. So, uh, him and Dwayne Floyd, uh, they used to uh, maybe do a little tour. Uh, and they would come through, and uh, we w- we got the opening act one night uh, over in Merle. And uh, there was a girl I really liked who came to that show. Uh, her name was Hattie, uh, and she came with her girls Vanity and and Shaney and uh, and Charlexia. Uh huh. And Charlexia, she brought her her sister Amber Lee. Uh huh. And and then they also brought their friends Peg and Melody and and Wilma. Got it. All these lovely little lassies were there that night. And uh, so I picked up my guitar and we started just kind of doing our thing, you know, with my new band. What was the name of that? Well, the Big Break Band. Yeah. Oh, is that is this a new band? Yeah, this is a new band. This is a new band. Um, because at this point now, I got my first big break probably when I was just about 18 years old. Okay, so this is a bunch of years later. Yeah, it's a bunch of years later. Still playing rhythm guitar, mostly rhythm guitar, yeah. But now I've, I've linked up with a bass player, drummer, a fiddle player. Um, and that's an upright bass. A uh, fiddle player, uh, and then a kind of a multi-instrumentalist, okay? Uh, that man, that's Roscoe. Okay, Roscoe, yeah. But then I, I linked up with Homer, Ike, Zeke, and then uh, Roy. And then we put them a new band together. And then we opened for Cletus, and, you know, and that was the band that we opened for Cletus. And he saw us, and, uh, you know, he said this, and, and Dwayne Floyd said the same thing. He said, this is, these boys are something. And uh, and uh, said, hey, you want to go with us right now and go on the road? And, you know, they had, ain't had nothing but a, but a little van. And we said, uh, sure, should we like to do that? We're here to rock and roll. So, you know, we got in the van, and, and, uh, and then, you know, I kissed goodbye to my girl, Audrey Ann. No, I believe my girl at that time was Hattie. Hattie. All right, sorry, I'm kind of screwing up the names here. Yeah, I was, I was, that was my girl, Hattie. Now, she was only my girl for a few months, and then, of course, I moved on. Uh, you know, once I was on the road, you know, it didn't last very long. I, I, I'm sure that's how it works. Yeah, so when, you know, once I was on the road, I was I was dating all types of girls, you know, and because uh, we were traveling all around uh, Middle America. So, you know, I had a girl in Nebraska, and her name was Bobby Jean. I had a girl over in Arkansas named Shana. I had a girl over uh, in North Dakota named Laura Bell. And I had another girl uh, over in Nevada. Her name, Jasmine May. And then I had another girl. Well, you know, I'm sure you, you had a lot of girls. Yeah, I had another girl named Betty Jo. And uh, then I had another girl, uh, Trixie Bell. Uh, Trixie Bell was North Carolina. Okay, okay. Well, other than the girls, I had another girl uh, named Tierra. Uh, Tierra was uh, South Carolina. Uh, but uh, uh, that, one, that one didn't end that well. What, what happened there? Well, Tierra, uh, she had a sister named Gretchen. Oh, God. And Gretchen, you see, uh, she was with her friends, uh, Breonna and Wynell. 
and uh, the three of them were out, and they were getting drunk one night, and they ran into Tommy and Bubba Blue, okay? And when they found out that those girls were hanging out with me, they weren't too pleased. And they came over. They said, listen, boy, you better get out of here tonight. And I said, I ain't going nowhere. And that's when I took my first beat down on the road above the day. Oh, damn, you got your, got your ass beat, huh? That I did. Over a woman, huh? Over a woman. Well, that sucks, man. Yeah, well, that, uh, unfortunately, you know, that kind of scared me from the road. So I decided to go back home, back to Walmart. Oh, back home, huh? What did you do there? Well, first thing I did was I started a new band. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I got together with, uh, with, a, with a man named Junior Hoyt, okay? Joe Bob Earl, uh-huh. Wayne Darrell, okay? Amos Cletus, uh-huh. Roscoe Abel, okay? Wilfred Lonnie and Tommy Jim Bob Jeb Homer. Okay, all right, got it. And these were some great musicians, some of the best around town. So when we got together, uh, we were really doing something real wonderful. And that was some some just uh, what some some good bluegrass music, huh? No, no, we were an indie band. Yeah, we did mostly uh, like '90s uh, Nirvana stuff, uh, some Alice in Chains, uh, some Soundgarden. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you know, cause I, you know, I am bluegrass. I do the bluegrass thing and that southern music. But you know, I also put a little something to it you know some i have some other influence as well you know this is a little bit more of my scope here you know 90s rock <sighs> love that shit dude who who did you really listen to when it came to like that 90s rock stuff well i was big big horace minton fan yeah okay i'm not familiar cooper duke uh don't roy garth uh not familiar with that elmer carson no 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 i don't know any of these guys you ever you ever listen to musical huckleberry oh shit no no that, that sounds kind of cool you never listen to jasper silas no i haven't oh Oh, they were real good. Man, okay. I guess I don't know as much about 90s music as I thought. So, okay, so you're home, you're playing in the indie band, and, you know, so what else is going on at this time in your life? What do you what do you know? Yeah, I'm about 19 years old, and, you know, at this point now, I'm getting some lessons from one of the best guitar players there is, and that's Doc Roy. Now, Doc Roy, he taught me so much about guitar in this period of time. You know, so now I'm getting lessons from Doc Roy, uh-huh, and, you know, now I'm going... I'm actually back in school. I'm thinking maybe, you know, maybe it's not going to be a, a life of music for me. And, and I'm going to be just going back to school. So I went to a community college over in Wade. And that's when I started doing dating a new girl, Shelby Martha May. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, this girl, her father, Merle Lee Jett, he owned a bar called Daryl's Barrel House over on Lynn Street. Okay. Uh-huh. And we mostly just did covers, you know, at, at country, classic country songs now. Because uh, now I was learning from a great, a great doc, and then I would come and, and teach my band members, and we started doing, you know, started getting back into that bluegrass thing uh, at, at the at the Barrel House. So you had this new revival and this new passion once again for bluegrass music. That's right. And, you know, I was going back to the record store, and I was buying everything I could, you know. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I was getting Woody Houston records. I was getting Casey Cy Wayne records. I was getting Gus Ray Nathan records. I was getting Cleon Daryl Clyde, Jerry Lee, Lenny Levon Dale Tyler records. I was listening to everybody back then. And, uh, and then I really put together, you know, a really nice group of people around Walmart were talking. And then uh, we started selling out all, all the bars. And that's when, uh, you know, a manager one night saw me by the name of Vern Bud Forrest Jr. Abner. Okay. And he saw me and he said, we're going to sign you to a major record deal. And I said, what? 
That's right. He said Bubba Blue Records would love to have you on their label. I've never heard of Bubba Blue. Bubba Blue Records, I mean, there was none better. This is 2015, so I don't know if you're familiar. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm not really familiar with, like I said, with this kind of music. But that's all right. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to enlighten you a little bit above the date. Oh, I appreciate that, Billy. No, this is really interesting stuff. So so now you are you get signed and what, you're putting together your, your first, your debut album? That's right. I'm going to be putting down my debut album, but, you know, the record label said... You know, we like some of the people you got, Billy, but this isn't going to be, you know, a band. This is going to be you fronting the band, and we think it should be called Billy Strings. And I said, well, you know, I'm a humble man, you know. But the Dave, I, I didn't think I called the band after me, but they said that, you know, you're a star, boy. So I said, okay, all right. And they said, well, we got to get you some better musicians, and we know everybody all around. We know the best musicians. So we, they, we did auditions, uh, and we were doing auditions for for weeks above the day to, to put the Billy Strings band together. Oh, oh, you did, huh? That's right. A lot of people came into the auditions. Oh, many, 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 many people came. Do you want to name all the people that came into the auditions for me? Well, yes, I did. Well, well we had a, uh, let me just think here. We had a Houston Earl, uh-huh. Wilbur Jasper Silas, uh-huh. Woody Blue, uh-huh. Amos Lenny Wade, got it. Tommy Lee Harlan, mm. Ford Abner, oh, Rusty Purvis Delmont, not familiar. Silas Dwayne, okay. Vern Donny Cooter, oh, no, no. Bobby Joe Blue, nothing. Bubba Blue Cleon Daryl Clyde, no. Tommy Jerry Lee Lenny, nothing. Casey Cy Wayne Gus, Ray Nathan Forrest, no. Bu Buck Cletus, nothing. Bo Daryl Abner, no. Cooper Casey, no. Merle Quentin Cletus, no. Blue Lee Jed. No, I mean they sound great. We also had a couple ladies come by for because we, you know, we want to have some some diversity above the day. You know, it wasn't just all wasn't just a boys club. You know, so we had some ladies come by and we had, and we did many auditions for for and some of the wonderful singles for the Billy Strings experience, if you will. Uh, oh yeah, who do do you want to list all the people that auditioned that were that were women too? I'd love to do that. We had uh, of course Lindy, uh, Natasha, Alexis. Uh, Gretchen Beardona, uh, Wynell, uh, Joe Lanner, uh, Desiree Misty Lorabelle, Laureleen Randall Lynn. We had uh, Candy Betty Lou, and we had Chastia Cambria. And of course, we had um, Dakota Bambi Crystal and uh, Brianna Avalon Peach. That's a lot of people auditioning. Oh, well, that's not even all the people that were auditioning. Oh, there, there were more. Uh, there were. There was uh, Shelby Martha May. Uh, there was Sienna Brandine Trixie Erlene Delilah. And there was Savannah Jean Waynell. Uh-huh. Madison Maddie Sienna. Uh-huh. Sheena September. Okay. Naomi Faileen. And Betty Lou Melody January Delilah Mary Beth Hattie Trixie. And Bobby Joe Natasha Trixie Hattie Mary Beth Delilah January. So what was the final uh, Billy Strings band, if I may hear them all listed you know if anyone's seen our band they know that we you know have an all-star lineup uh, of the, the best country band right now on earth so of course on bass we have bobby joe barney on strings we have harlan ford on drums we have jasper silas blue on keys we got earl wade on percussion of course we have homer roy on fiddle and ukulele we have ava joe on strings and also playing uh, rhythm guitar we have trixie bell misty all right, that's the final lineup, huh? Yep, that is the lineup. That's the Billy Strings lineup right there, brother Dave. Wow, okay. So now you guys are on this band, and, and now you get all this exposure in this last four, few years. Man, you've blown up. That's so cool that you've gotten to, you know, play all around the country and been nominated for Grammys, and you got so much heat on you right now, man. Everybody's talking about you. I'm super excited to see you. Do you ever come to Los Angeles? Oh, we're going all around. Yeah, we're doing a whole tour here in 2022. One of the biggest tours Billy Strings Band has ever done. He's going down this year. We're going to be everywhere above the day. Oh, my God. So where are you, where are you guys playing? We're going to be playing uh, Madison, uh-huh, Siena, okay, Avalon, 
Uh, okay. Wilma. Okay. Desiree. Okay. Layla. Uh-huh. We're going to be doing some shows over in Lindy. We're going to be doing uh, doing a three-night run over in Ashley. Uh, and then we're going to be doing Pacific Northwest, which we, we, we don't always do. And we're going to be doing uh, some shows over in Nyla, over in Melody. Uh, we're going to be doing some shows in Jolene. And then we're going to be coming back down. Uh, down the coast, we're gonna be again. We're gonna be doing some shows over in Shaney and 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 Daleville, and and then we're gonna be popping uh, over to to Cherrytown, and and then we're gonna be uh, then we're gonna be doing a southern run, okay. And we're gonna be we're gonna be going over to uh, to Peach City, oh okay, okay. And then we're gonna be over at Chesterville, and then we're, and then we're gonna be doing some uh, shows in Houston. Oh, I know Houston. That's right, Houston, Alabama. Oh, no, no, that's not what I was thinking. Uh, then we're gonna be uh, doing some shows over in Scooter, Mississippi, and then we're gonna be uh just you know hugging that coast right down there right around the mexican border and we're gonna be doing some stuff over in uh tyler texas uh jefferson texas uh purvis texas um and the buddy texas harley texas uh austin texas oh austin texas that's right uh luther texas uh wayne texas uh orville texas uh floyd texas and uh in bucktown texas oh man that's huge and that's just the first leg of the tour uh second leg of the tour i'm it's okay i'm i got you it's a lot. It's a lot of dates. It's a lot of dates above the day. Man, whew, you're just fucking firing right now, bro, huh? Yeah, that's, that's right. Man, you're an impressive dude. Uh, I just feel so blessed that you took some time, Billy Strings, out of your busy schedule to come and enlighten me about not only your life, but also this whole genre of music that I don't know much about. And, you know, here I am just, you know, I feel like I'm really missing out and I should really get into this music. You know, sometimes you don't know where to start, you know, but that's not an excuse. You know, it's not an excuse. I really should listen to this music more, and I'm definitely going to be seeing you perform live. That I, I'm definitely going to do. And, you know, I like that you definitely do the jam thing. I mean, are you a fish guy? Oh, I love fish. Yeah, yeah, I love fish. Yeah, I was in a fish cover band. Oh, you also, you, oh, shit, you were in a fish cover band? No, just one summer when I was when I was 16, we did a fish cover band, you know. Yeah, it was me, Jimmy James, uh, Roscoe Merle, and Charlton Scooter, and, of course, uh, Gomer Moves. Okay. Yep, and you guys were like a fish cover band? That's right. So did you guys have like a funny like fish cover band name? Oh yeah, we did, of course. You gotta have one of those. Oh yeah, what was what was your fish cover band name? We were called Mind of Their Own. Mind of Their Own. You mean like my mind has a mind of its own, that song? Yeah, yeah, great fish song. Oh no, uh my mind has a mind of its own is actually a that's a cover. That's not a that's not a fish original. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Really? Not, not that I knew I would know everything. Yeah, yeah, no, that's My Mind Has a Mind of Its Own. It's actually a song by Jimmy Dale Gilmer. Jimmy Dale Gilmer, not, not familiar. Yeah, Jimmy Dale Gilmer. He didn't write it. The song was actually written by a guy named Butch Hancock, and, and he was one of Jimmy Dale Gilmore's good friends, And, and but it was first recorded by uh, yeah Jimmy Dale Gilmore, and then Fish actually uh, cover it. Well, I'll be damned. I learned something about country music today. <laughs> <gasps> above the day that was that was a good piece of information right there well man shit i don't know i guess i do know something about country oh wow okay there we go it looks like the student has become the master <laughs> wow dude well billy uh pleasure speaking with you today man and i will definitely be checking you out on the road good luck on your on your huge tour on all those uh, very popular cities and, uh, man, I'd love to have you back on, on this podcast, man. I speak for everybody when I say I think we're going to be seeing and hearing a lot of you for many years to come. And we're very excited about that. So you are always welcome here at the Lot Scene, my friend. Absolute pleasure to be here above the Dave. And uh, I'll see you all on the road. Yeah!
Yeehaw! Oh, that was Billy Strings, everybody. All right, Bramigos, that has been this week's episode. I want to give a big thanks to Billy Strings, who we just talked to, uh, Chris Carota, and Adam Sandler for popping in with that review. Next week, we are going to be talking about fish. Yep, got to get into it. I want to talk about some of my favorite runs of this great band. And to bring in a special guest to talk about that with us, I got the guy who always hangs out in bathrooms at shows talking to the bathroom attendant. He's going to be popping in to talk with us. Also, Humphreys McGee is going to be popping into the studio to chat. And lastly, we got an application from Bob Weir of The Grateful Dead, and he wants to apply for a job here on the lot scene. So we're going to have him here, and we're going to give him a job interview. That's all coming next week on The Lot Scene.